think this is the army where you shoot them a mile away? You gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Just well, I think. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a planet fucker? This is Live at Five, Live at Five, yeah, Live at Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we are. Uh, it's about eight minutes after the hour, and uh, we're getting ready for a Wednesday show. Attorney Joe Stanley joins us, hopefully this week, at the bottom of the hour. I'll, I will ask him about the eye test exams that uh, thousands of New Yorkers might not have had the opportunity to submit. I'm one of them. Because I can't remember the last time I... Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about whether or not you're driving illegally without a driver's uh, eye examination. So, watch yourself. Someone said it's really no big deal. Everything's a big deal. Anything that gets you out of line, anything that you got to do that you don't do, uh, that you don't normally do, is a challenge for me. It's unfortunate. I still haven't put that lousy screw in my inversion table yet. I, I just I just can't figure it out. So, uh, yeah, so Joe's calling in. I'll ask him a question about that. I, I did hear the uh, the hotline show in and out. Uh, I, I know it's it's become somewhat of a, a ritual for for uh, Mayor Jeff Graham and hotline host to have some type of argument with uh, our, our esteemed uh, dog park guy by the end of the show or certainly minutes or just seconds before he signs off. And I could I could just I could. Feel the, the the tension. <laughs> you can you can cut it with a knife. And as soon as you hear, yeah, how's it going? Uh, yeah. What do you want? Yeah. Right. Look, I gotta go. And that's the way it is. And there's a lot of in between. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of people are talking about a congresswoman, uh, Elise Stefanik, yesterday in her uh, her questioning with the uh, three or four presidents of uh, of the greatest institutions in this co- in this country and perhaps in the world the best educational institutions are right here that's why you know the uh, the arab nations send their uh, their their rich and privileged here people from all over the world including antarctica they come here to learn and if you notice all the people operating no, uh, running these uh, uh, these ships all women I said, yeah, that's a really misogynist, sexist thing to say, but that's kind of weird. What's going on there? Are they mouthpieces for another, you know, uh, is there someone in, in the background? Because I, I know, you know, for instance, the, the president of, uh, of Harvard, um, she just, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Harvard right now in the undergraduate school that are more intelligent than she is. And I'm only basing that on, this, on the way she reacted to Congresswoman Stefanik's remarks yesterday. She doesn't seem to be all that all there. We see that with Pierre Jean-Pierre. We see with a lot of people. We see with Letitia James, people in positions of, of incredible power and influence. But then we ask the question, why are they there? 
And then we wonder, you know, whether the latest, and we at least speculate the latest Supreme Court ruling about whether or not it's, it's constitutional uh, for, uh, for people to, to, to make it into these higher level institutions uh, based on, on their skin color and, and, and their you know, race and where they come from. Is, is, is that showing favor to people that aren't qualified based on, uh, you know, par- parameters that were set forth by the new inclusion rules? Is that good for an institution that looks for the, the highest level of, of students within the student body to, to learn law and, and the way of the land? I mean, the best of the best go to Ivy League schools. And we're questioning that. And we're also questioning, are the best people running these schools? That's a big, big question in itself. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, Glenn. Um, I went to see council meeting Monday. It was very interesting. The gentleman that came up there and was talking about the parking spaces and a crosswalk uh, by Key Bank that Jake Johnson owns and the redesign. Yeah. Um, I showed it to my wife, and it's very interesting. I, I, I Jason, agree yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jason, I, I got to interrupt you because I know you're running for council in the year 2000. Let's do the math here, 2025, and then again in 2027. I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you short here, J- uh, Jason, but I know. Are you calling on behalf of your candidacy to be a city council person, or are no, you? No, no, I'm just, I'm just calling. All right, just want to make sure. Yep, just got to be sure. Okay, so what's the? I mean, is this regarding the the flower plant or the boxes in front of uh, KeyBank? Yes, yes. They they put that off, so it's not only going to cost eighty thousand, but it's going to keep on going up. But what I'm talking about, Glenn, is the crosswalk, the redesigned crosswalk, mm. and the gentleman that went up speaking. Yeah. The privilege of the floor. Yeah. He made a very interesting uh, conclusion that his conclusion that he has a better um, way to fix it, and he sent me a picture. I looked at it, I asked my wife, she's an engineer, right. she's a real engineer, not just on a piece of paper, because I want I want someone action and words that looks over something, and if there's an issue, they fix it. They don't keep on making mistakes mm. like this city council members have. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that issue is it's dangerous for pedestrians right. to cross the crosswalk, and we got to fix that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with what you're saying. I wish I saw that man's comments yesterday on Steve Weed Network. I did not. However, Jason, did you see what happened in the the uh, county le- uh, uh, at the county meeting last night, where the woman was questioning why her salary went down by as much as I believe twelve thousand dollars or something? No, I that's what I wanted to bring to the. T- well, I know that's outside your realm because it's it's county business, but uh, she brought up some good points. So, all right, so Jason, no, you make, yeah, so uh, does your wife agree that it does not, repeat, does not cost upwards of $90,000 to fix the flower boxes, or did that part, uh, th- did that come up in any discussion with you and your wife? Well, Just curious. I, I, I'm going to say this much, Glenn. Yeah. She, she, uh, she, she's, uh, before I reach my desires and my goals as city council member, I need to step aside Jason and fulfill my wife's goals as being a civil engineer. Gotcha. Once my wife's goals and desires are fulfilled, then Jason Trainer will be fulfilled also. Gotcha. All right. Jason, we love you to death, but right now I'm going to be moving on. But uh, that's good. Give, give my regards to your wife, the engineer, because she's very smart and very lovely. All right, thank you. That's Jason. 
All right, so what I wanted to get into, and yes, that, that whole deal, I don't know about the crosswalk, but I know Jeff mentioned something about the, uh, the, the flower boxes and uh, uh, Councilwoman Legerio, uh, Legerio, excuse me, I was combining both of her names, her maiden name as well, uh, I came up with some type of solution uh, or at least some preface to a solution. So we'll have to see what happens there. But right now, I, I, I just want to get your comments about uh, her, Jefferson County Finance and Rules Committee uh, December 5th, 2023. You might have heard part of this last night. All right, so she goes on about, you know, her salary. And I'm unfamiliar with this because, you know, as a so-called talk show host, I should be up on, on county issues. But this came up last night, and there was another segment. It's broken up into three segments on News Junkie, which is good. You could watch the entire thing. It goes on for like four and a half minutes or so. But what really gets me, and maybe I'll just shuttle through here to see if I get the comments from the chairman himself. And with all the back and forth that we're seeing on Capitol Hill, certainly in recent days, uh, or for that matter, months under the Biden administration. And yes, you can go back to the Trump administration where we see a lot, a lot of yelling, a lot of gaveling. We see that at City Hall. But we never, repeat, never see uh, uh, this type of outburst on the county level. So let me shuttle through here. This, again, is on News Chunky. This took place last night. Let's see if we got it here. I'm going to try to go. So this guy is off the rails. He really is. I know he's upset. I know this is, and when I see something like this, particularly around Watertown, where everyone is just meat and potatoes, stand in line, don't, don't look to your peripherals, don't say anything. But when something is off kilter, just even slightly, this woman comes up with a legitimate gripe. She's, she's laying it all out. This is personal information about her salary that no one, quite frankly, wants to talk about. Because, but because she works in a municipality, she has to because she's, she's bringing it to everyone's attention. Some people would disagree with that. Maybe, maybe it's not the greatest way, but this guy clearly wasn't having it. So it, it continues. Cheap. I pay my tax. He's just waiting for her to leave. Yeah, this guy doesn't want any. Yeah, here we go. 
Okay, so now you can hear the tone. He's upset. All of a sudden, his, his cage got rattled. He's been doing this for God knows how many years. And again, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but I get this, you know, especially in this town. When, when someone is off the rail, just for even in this case, one night of his life, he can't tolerate anything. And he has, and, and Hagerman's sitting right next to him saying nothing. Just nudge him in the arm and say, look, calm down, calm down. We won't do it. It just won't do it. So, na- so now, now the husband comes up. So that that's that's pretty pretty deplorable what happened last night. And again, if you got comments, by all means, because Joe's calling in at the bottom of the hour. I got to do a break before then. So, uh, hey, what, what's your comments about this? Was this guy necessary? Was she out of line? Should she have used a different opportunity? Should this have been done behind closed doors? Should she have a lawyer present? I don't know. You decide. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, your response. 755-1240 is the number. And by the way, uh, I, I am taking these directly off uh, News Junkie. I believe an issue today getting these on the air because he didn't hit a couple of buttons here. I wish I was here to, to help him with that. But let's go to the phones right now. Hi, you're on the air. You, uh, I don't know what your technical capabilities are, but you couldn't hear a single bit of the uh, conversation. Really? Okay, so there is a problem here, and I'm looking right at everything. You couldn't hear any part of that? No, not a, not a bit. Okay, so there's something wrong. So th- I had the same problem with, uh, with, uh, with Jeff Graham, and people have been texting me. I know that's probably what their answers are. All right. Well, I apologize. Uh, and Jeff and I are in the same category. Thank you, my friend. I'll have to fix that some other time. So just 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 to clarify this. I mean, again, Miss Meeks and her husband are accusing the committee uh, uh, chairman as being hostile. And she was just bringing to everyone's attention about why she was dropped down from a level D to a level C. I'm hoping getting this right. And and the chairman just wouldn't have it. Uh, you know, he was giving her privilege on the floor. He wasn't going to answer the questions. And then her, her, her husband, who was upset, too, you could tell in his voice because he didn't expect it to be this way, accused the, uh, the man running this show of being sexist and that it asked him if he would do the same if, the, if, the man, if there was a man there instead. Something tells me he wouldn't. He's an older guy. He's old school. And uh, he just doesn't want to tolerate anything he doesn't need to. So that's that. And that said... Thank you for the phone call and explaining that to me. I can hear everything through, through the board, and I'm looking at everything in front of me, and everything right here is, is working, but there must be something somewhere or other that's not, and I apologize for that. But again, uh, check out that full four-minute, 44-second segment on News Junkie, spell with a big fat Z.com. And uh, it's there as we speak. All right. So other things. Uh, Last night, uh, President Trump was on Hannity. Same old Donald, Donald, you know, the same old stuff. But that said, um, it was good. And um, was it last night or the night before? I think it was last night. But at one point, and this was the big, big story today. At one point, uh, Hannity, which went on, he went on and on and on with his questions that, you know, would go on beyond, you know, like a debate on Channel 7 that would take forever. And, you know, God knows how many times we watched that. But 
it, uh, Hannity would go like for three minutes and then finally Trump would say something. But his one question to Trump, people are afraid that if you get to be president again, you're going to become a dictator. It's a pretty loaded question to ask uh, Donald Trump to begin with, considering you're on his side. But nonetheless, Donald Trump said, for one day. And then Hannity goes nuts. For one day. And he's going to start the drilling and he's going to start putting up the wall. So that was the answer that the Democrats wanted to hear. They actually can hear that the guy who wants to be your 47th president, who used to be 45, is now going to come back as a dictator. So that was a a bad choice of words. Not a great question, but that was last night. I thought he did very well. He continues talking about polls, polls, polls. And uh, so, you know, he slips right back into the scene. And then, of course, Hannity played that whole uh, excerpt of uh, Joe Biden colloquialisms or whatever he's trying to say. Different segments of of Joe Biden's life in recent years and how he's losing his control of his cognitive uh, ability. And, you know, with the old, you know, with the music in the background, I thought that was brash. Every time Hannity plays that, I'm like, would you stop doing that? No matter how much you're mocking the president, remember that is the presidency of the United States. So other than that, I thought uh, the town hall meeting uh, that was set up on Fox yesterday with former President Donald Trump went very, very well. Of course, the uh, the left looked at it completely different. All right, let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn, the medical arts building complex yeah. campus there, mm-hmm. what's the story? What's going on there? Uh, which building is that? Sorry, Cure, Mag- that, Cure Magnets. That, that whole... Uh, city block there with uh, right behind um, the, the best western and then right be right beside the uh, new watertown savings bank right that whole oh yes yeah i know what you say yeah okay um well i mean that's mike lundy's he he uh, he built the i think he built i thought he built the original watertown savings bank about 15 years ago and now he's doing a a, a, a replica of it with a bridge connecting the two and he also has a building on the uh, mullen street side but the building that you're talking about, the old red medical building, a good deal of that is still standing. And I guess the next tier to that project, by spring, I'm assuming, will be the demolition of that part. And what goes there, I have no idea. Remember, that was the Lundy wanted uh, the YMCA to be put there as opposed to where they put it in the old Convergence building. But that's all I know, my friend. But there's a lot of acreage just immediately to the south adjoining that red building there that's that's like a pile of uh, dirt and uh, yeah yeah well yeah yeah well you need the- yeah you need parking um I, i'm assuming part of that will be parking i i think it's going to be another uh, another medical facility or another building sir that will go up ultimately they got to tear down what's there and they're probably going to put up at least one maybe two buildings on top of that but i'm unsure i, I wonder why it's stalled uh, who, who knows? I mean, remember, there was a time uh, here in the city they couldn't finish a lot of the city projects because they ran out of cement or they didn't have access to it or wasn't certified. Um, uh, who knows? I have no idea why it's still. Any, any late word on what CORE is going to do with the old Mercy Hospital? No, nothing. I, I drive by there every day. Um, and, um, you know, the only thing they did after tearing down the old Mercy complex was the they, they put up a fence around it, and they took that down because it was making a mess. All the garbage was blowing into the fence, and uh, it, it looks like uh, looked like parts of Philadelphia for a while there. But they took that down, and they haven't touched it since. And, no, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Okay. Keep up the good work there. On, uh, I try. I try. I wish I knew why that segment. I mean, that I was. it's so funny. I was like, Jeff, what are you doing wrong? You got something wrong. Something's wrong. 
I was talking about Jeff today. He was playing things. So now I know because Jeff could hear it through the, his headsets, but unfortunately he couldn't, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, carrying over the board here, which is very strange. But, uh, yeah, some fireworks last night in, uh, at, at, at that meeting at the county building. So check uh, so it out when you get a chance. All right, so let's do a break. Let's get out of this disaster. Uh, and uh, once we get back, hopefully our friend Joe Stanley will be calling in for the first time in a couple of weeks. This is the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Brad Charlton at FX Capra Kia. And guess what? We have no delay. Contact Team Coughlin today. Hi, it's funny. I, I got a phone call during the commercial break saying that it actually worked on the Facebook feed, but not over the air. And uh, for that matter, the, the audio stream, it didn't work there either. Hmm. It's been one of those weeks. <laughs> See, it's only Wednesday. Although we did have problems with the other thing last week, whichever. It just, it happens. Once you start moving around furniture, other furniture gets moved around too. And then, then if you're Helen Keller, then it really becomes problematic. Sorry, Tim. I figured I'd throw you under the bus. All right, let's see who's on the air here. Let's uh, go to the phone. Hi, uh, you're on the air uh, here on uh, Live at 5. Okay. Yeah, yes, you are. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I want to rant at you a little bit. Yeah, by all means. Why are... But wait a minute, wait, 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 do me a favor, do me a favor, because you happen to call at the worst possible time. It's my time. I, to- I thought you might have been Joe Stanley. If this is Joe on I the other... Gonna... Yeah. Can no, I... it's not Joe. I'll be quick. Yeah. Just fix it so we can listen to your show in Carthage. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's a tall order, but I'll that's try to do that. That's all I want to say. All right, uh, that's good. We Thank can't you. get you out there. What the heck, are we chop lever? Yeah, well, it's that time of year, unfortunately, as a day-nighter. All right, thank you, my friend. That's a good problem. It's a bad problem to have. We want everyone in Carthage to hear. And now, of course, we have our friend, Attorney Joe Stanley. How you doing, Joe? I'm Glenn. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Joe, what I wanted to reach out to you about, uh, and again, you probably have the answer to this, is um, this whole New York State license issue. Uh, it, it's, it's somewhat of an old story. I'm reading something from the 29th of February, just last week where the uh, DMV warns New York drivers who need vision tests, their license will be suspended uh, last Friday, December 1st. And this is all extended. This is more than 50,000 New York drivers will have their licenses suspended on Friday if they haven't provided an eye test. And, J- and Joe, again, I'm just gonna, I've always been honest with you. Uh, when, when I have no clue whether or not I, I, I fall into this uh, particular category. I can't remember the last time I actually had my license uh, renewed. So in something like this, you know, what say you if someone gets in trouble and didn't even know they were driving around with a suspended license? Well, they let you know. They send you mail. That's why you have to keep the proper address with the DMV. They send you mail. They send you emails. This is only a select group of people whose licenses came due during their lockdowns and the pandemic when they couldn't get actual vision tests. And so they waive the vision requirement. Um, you just had to certify, or you know, certify that you could see or whatever. But that you had, they now require you to get it, and these people were notified. So you would know, Glenn. I, I hope I would know. Fifty thousand. I always say, well, fifty thousand out of a state with what? What do we got? Like twelve million people living in this state of that nature. 16, I say sixteen million people. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I've got to be one of them. But no one knows when they renewed a license. And I believe you and I talked about uh, licenses not too long ago. I hope I didn't bring up this topic before because I know we talked about licenses. No, we didn't talk about it. I think it's, every, it's, every, it's a long time now. I think it's every five or seven years. It's a long time now. And that's, 
and, and, and one thing that, okay, this is good because I discussed this with somebody else. That is a long time, especially, for instance, I'm 60 years old and I'm getting into that age group where, hey, my eyesight's not as good as it was when I was 55, certainly when I was 50. Shouldn't they narrow the gap as we get older, Joe? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but um, it's up to the legislature. Yeah, you know, ho- hopefully... You don't want to drive if you have vision problems anyways. I mean, that's just one of those things that hopefully people have common sense, but sometimes some people don't. But I, I would hope that you want to be able to see where you're going. I'm just thinking that that is a necessary item. Well, I just, I just know that, and we haven't seen a situation like this before, at least not in New York State, but there was a time about 10 years ago, it seemed like there was an influx or a, an uptick of, of uh, elderly drivers, you know, confusing, uh, you know, getting confused, particularly around areas where there was where there was people in the streets, like a farmer's market or a, some type of street yeah. fair. And all of a sudden their routine is altered and that confuses them. And then then the whole aspect of whether or not the brake is the accelerator or vice versa. I, uh, yeah, that's a vision test isn't going to help that a vision <laughs> test is going to help. I mean, you're talking you we have talked in the past about whether there should be mandatory retesting right. at a certain age. Right. Um, there's all sorts of legal problems with that, but yeah, I mean, I, I it you know, does, one could claim that's age discrimination because right there, there's bad drivers at every age, and if you took the percentage of bad drivers at people say over eighty, it's lower than the percentage of people in their twenties. <laughs> so the argument should be then the people in their twenties should be tested every driving test every year. Interesting. So, no, that that makes a lot of sense because you know the majority of accidents. I mean, again, I don't know this off the off the cuff, uh, Joe, but are the majority of accidents on our streets these days you know done by young people? Well, I can tell you that it, 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 I mean, there's percentages of you know of I'm sure the vast majority of people under fifty. I mean, just as a matter of course, people the older they get, the less they drive, right. the less miles True. they Good put point. on, and they go slower. So you know. Well, that's well, that's good, but yeah. So for the most part, then yes, I agree with you. But that's probably not going to be the case with it, where like a twenty-one-year-old will be tested every other year. I'm sure that would be tough for the legislative uh, people down in Albany or any state to come up with yeah. something like that. But it but it does make a lot of sense uh, because the preponderance of or the majority, I should say, of accidents do take place. People are just being stupid, and and our stupid years, unfortunately, Joe, are the years where we're most susceptible to death. <laughs> we're driving like a maniac with our friends in the car, and yeah. maybe with a couple of drinks. True. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh, and and we all have those stories. But you know what? I I can go out on a limb and tell you right now, I never got crazy behind the wheel of a car. There might have been some nights that I shouldn't have been driving, but I was never a daredevil, uh, which would exceed the, the, you know, hey, here's a straightaway of, of uh, Cross Bay Boulevard. Let me do 100 miles an hour. I never did that. Uh, did you ever do that in your day, Joe? No, no, I did not. And, and I what was you, I was in the car with some people who did, and right. I wanted to jump out, but I killed them. But, you know, I, I, never, I would never do that myself. I, I had a self preservation instinct but yeah i had i should have had judgment on some cars that people i took rides with that i shouldn't have but I, I, I was on the New Jersey Turnpike with my friend John Armentano coming back from uh, Six Flags Great Adventure and uh, he was traveling at a high rate of speed in his Dodge Challenger and it was at night and I just casually turned around because it was a, it was like a bunch of people in the car and I said we must be doing 100 miles an hour and he turned around as he was driving he says 105 
And I was like, this is ridiculous. And, and, and if that happened to me today, I, I can't believe I tolerated it then, but I was in Jersey. I needed to get back home to Queens. I would never, I would never get back in a car like that again. I am a P-U-S-S-Y when it comes to speed myself, Joe. And I'm glad because I'm here today to say that uh, I wasn't that stupid to drive in excess of 80 miles an hour at any given time. So I think you and I are in the same boat, Joe. Well, that's good, but um, that's probably why we're talking. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Uh, so, uh, th- I mean, again, one thing is for sure, and I wanted to bring this up in the last couple of weeks. As it gets darker, uh, my goodness gracious, you know, sun. I mean, sunlight is one thing at the, in October because of where Arsenal Street is, the biggest thoroughfare, the most busy. And then when you're looking to the west, you know, right around uh, 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 this time of day when people are going home, a lot of cars and the sun in your eyes. Now, I notice people getting out of work between 4 o'clock, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's dark out, and Coffeen Street is packed, and I mean packed, with cars and headlights. So is this the time of year, Joe, regardless of whether or not it's raining, sleet, snow, whichever, this has got to be a dangerous time because it's dark and there's a huge amount of traffic on the road this time of year, people coming back, uh, going, coming back home. Yeah, well, I think there's more accidents in the winter wintertime for a lot of reasons the weather or the light conditions you know there are um i mean you know uh based on the statistics of the calls kind of calls we get if we have a bad winter there's there's a significantly more higher number of accidents which makes sense mm-hmm. you know because uh, you know most of the people transporting themselves around in our communities are in cars and so uh, its conditions are not favorable, then there's going to be more accidents. Right, right. Um, and, you know, especially with the increased, uh, you know, issue of, uh, you know, distraction. You know, and I heard uh, a, a news story today uh, that there were 42,000 deaths on the highways last year, and they say 20,000 of them were caused, or 18,000 of them were caused by uh, speeding. Of course, speeding, uh, and combine that with distracted driving, you get in all sorts of issues. But, um, yeah, that's a... Is that, is that a record, by the way, Joe? I don't know, but the numbers in most countries have been going down, except in the United States. So I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I didn't check because I, I heard it verbally. I did not check the numbers. I know the numbers have not, have not been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, <clears throat> Even given the pandemic, when there was a lot less driving, the number of deaths only went down marginally, considering the, the, the fewer miles driven. So that's discouraging. Do they have any demographics? I and mean, they have to. I mean, we're talking about young people. Is this happening in the cities? Is it happening in the rural? Well, that's something. Well, you know, a lot of it is pedestrians. There's a significant. We've talked about this in the past. The, the, the number of pedestrian deaths have skyrocketed because of the size of cars. Right. Because of the speeding. Because of the distracted driving, you know, I didn't realize this, and it's something I should know. And I, I guess it happens. It's it's evident with what happens to my clients. But the bigger the car, when you hit a pedestrian, the more damage does. In fact, the higher cars, when they hit a pedestrian, are are far more dangerous because they hit the pedestrian in the upper part of their body or their head right. and throw them farther versus hitting them lower in their body. Interesting. So right, uh, right. That was part of what I was, was informed. It was something I, I it was, shouldn't be obvious to me, given the kind of cases I handled, but mm-hmm. it was just a, you know, a reaffirming of, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of issues 
and there's a lot of reason to pay attention when you're driving. They had a comparison, I might have brought this up before, of a truck that was built uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, I believe, Joe. It was, a, it was a, in its day, a full-size truck, and the same truck, 20 years later, was almost double the size. So when I get inside a full-size truck, which primarily you don't have a medium-sized truck anymore, or for that matter, a small Toyota like you used to, they do sit up much higher because the wheels are bigger and the frame is bigger. So what you're saying is if you're a poor slob, like a pedestrian walking across the street, you don't want to get hit by anything. But if a car is higher off the ground and bigger and heavier, that means it's more than likely going to hit you right in the in the in the, in the vital organs area or break your yeah, neck. Or your head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh. Yep, that's what this uh, this story was uh, saying. Is that that's that's why the pedestrian deaths are are increased. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things we can do. Um, there was the argument. This this story was all lead into putting speed warning devices or speed limiting devices on American cars. They have them in Europe in most countries. Mm-hmm. If you have a rental car, you go over there, you know, an alarm goes off when you reach a certain speed, and some of them just won't let you go faster than a certain speed. Interesting. But uh, the American car manufacturers aren't, they say the American people don't want them. Right, well, right, 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 right. You don't tread on me. Don't tell me what I can ride. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, I don't think there's a constitutional right to speed, though. Is there, Glenn? I don't think there is one. I can probably speak as a lawyer. You do not have a constitutional right to go as fast as you want. It all depends so, on the state. I mean, doesn't Montana have a, a limitless uh, speed limit or one of those big well, states? No, well, it, 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 there's no limit, but it, it's still you can't drive recklessly. Right, right. I mean, there's still it, it's not unlimited, but it, it, there's no it, there's no set speed. Right, like the autobahn. I mean, have you ever been in Germany on the autobahn? I have. And I mean, what type of experience is that? I mean, is that lawlessness or what? I mean, I mean, it's just people no, doing. They go fast. The cars go fast. Right. But you know, they usually they behave. Everybody stays to the right mm-hmm. and the path to the left. Right. And they pay attention. Right. Unlike. Right. Unlike. And, and, United States. And Joe, maybe I'm seeing way too many videos on my timeline on on social media, but I, road rage incidents, people driving each other off the road, motorcycles going in and out of traffic. Guys purposely opening up doors so they can trip up a, a motorcyclist going between him and another car. Is, is this is this part of our new society, or is it just it's being captured on? Has this always been the case, and we're just seeing it because of smartphone technology? I don't know. I, I hope it's not. I, I, I certainly hope it's not part of our society. So that's all I can say. I hope not. I mean, with all so, the divide that we have politically, uh, the stuff going on with Israel and Hamas, are people taking it out on each other on our highways? My, my guess is, Joe, they are. Well, you know, I, again, I, I've been reading too much, you know. The thing about social media, yeah, it, you know, the, this is a, we can finish up with this. Social media people, mm-hmm. of course, what we already knew, they, they love being reaffirmed what they think their opinions are. Right, okay? right, right. So you get a thousand likes on an opinion. The, the, what it also does, it makes it. You also are much more polarized when people reaffirm your position on social media. Mm-hmm. You're much less likely than you would to be li- able to listen to the person on the other side. Mm-hmm. Which, again, this is social sciences. This is not just speculation, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're less flexible mm-hmm. because you're, you're more sure that right. the other person's wrong. Right, and that even though you are pleased by the 
you know, the likes or whatever, the people reaffirming your position, right. it makes you less happy over time when it does. You're not happier. Hmm. You're, you're actually less happy. Hmm. You're almost like spreading your own bad news, and the moment you hear other people agree with it, it brings you down even more. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was very scary, but, you know, <clears throat> social media has all, there's severe consequences because, there's a, you know, we were built to work in small groups, not massive numbers of people engaging in all sorts of, you know, anonymous behavior. Did it's not that's not how human beings evolved. Were you were you did you see any of the hearings yesterday with our Congresswoman Stefanik talking to the, the presidents of the Ivy League schools yesterday, Joe? Did you happen to see any of that? No, I would not waste my time with that. No 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 offense. I I have better things to do. I I, I think I would take a long walk in the snow before I'd watch Congress. So it's just my opinion. No, I, I get it. But at the same time, it's, it is, uh, you know, unsettling what's going on in our schools and how, how people are taking sides and, and, and really overlooking the severity of what happened on October 7th. But that's, not, that's, an, that's for another show together. I just wanted to quickly ask you that. Uh, mob mentality definitely is here, and social media is fueling that. I totally agree, Joe, as, as always. Well, Joe, great conversation as always. Uh, we love doing this. We do it each and every Wednesday here on the Live at Five show. When people need to get in contact with Attorney Joe Stanley or any one of his associates here in Watertown and Syracuse, how can one do that? Sure, StanleyLawOffices.com is our website. My email is joe at StanleyLawOffices.com, and the phone number is 1-800-608-3333. Excellent. Joe, thank you very much. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday, sir. Yep, drive safe in the dark. Yes, most Bye. certainly. Good advice. That's uh, Attorney Joe Stanley here on the Live at Five show, and I have to do a break, and we'll be back right after this. My name is Gloria. Four. Welcome back to the show. Uh, about 11 minutes left in today's uh, Wednesday program. Thanks to Attorney Joe Stanley. Another good conversation about things. I was going to ask him about DeVito, the uh, the, uh, the quarterback. I guess he's the new sensation. Daniel Jones? Does anyone even think about Daniel Jones? They just gave him a boatload of money so he could buy uh, you know, a small island somewhere or you know, for, for himself forever, and uh, which was a huge mistake. He wasn't proven by any means. He's not a franchise quarterback. Plus, he looks strange. Sorry. The eyes are way too close to one another. But DeVito, who was, quite frankly, a marginal quarterback, he, he had some good accolades, some good records at, at SU. But now he's, he's a hero in Jersey, and for good reason. I'll tell you why. It's obvious. His last name is DeVito. He's from Jersey. And the other reason, his last name is DeVito, and he's from Jersey. Now, the Yankees had the same thing with uh, two players a couple of years ago, one of which is still on the, in the lineup. One was Joey Gallo, who they got from the Texas Rangers, who hit a lot of home runs and struck out basically uh, 70% of the time. And then the other guy, I'm already forgetting his name. He's a good first baseman, an Italian name. If someone could text me, my name. But here's the thing. New Yorkers especially, same with Philly. They, they get into the whole ethnic thing before the, the results are given. Now, you got, you got yourself a young quarterback there, DeVito, and I want to see him succeed, obviously because the Giants need a success story. And secondly, he does have a connection to SU, although when you, when you hear Joe Buck talk about him on, on Fox News, they always relentlessly say, oh, the Illinois uh, quarterback. No, he was in Illinois and Syracuse. So, But uh, that's, that's the way I see it. Um, I, I, he's played a couple of bum teams. This is going to be the answer for that. Yeah, someone just texted me. See if I if they got the answer. Dip 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 dip. Anthony Rizzo, thank you very much. I tell you what, I won't say who that was, but it's a, an astute 
Yankee fan and a business owner. He owns a restaurant. He also cooks. And he likes driving theaters. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, who they got him from, where they pick him up from? Oh, the Cubs. And he's batting like 205, and they're giving him like $20 million a year or more than that. But anyway, that's my little theory about DeVito. We wish him well, but probably going to get his ass kicked this week if he plays Dallas again. Higher in the air. Glenn, you haven't learned your lesson about even getting close to something in politics that might be against Joe. I thought about you when he said that, by the way. I really did. Yeah. You know how quick he did that? You didn't even get the you didn't even get the words out of your mouth. And he jumped you and can you imagine a lawyer as smart as he is saying he wants listens to he doesn't want to listen to Congress or nothing. And you know why, because he knows what was going on with Stefanik and against the um, presidents of the Democratic right. colleges. Right, right. That's exactly what he did. Right. You ought to know better to get that close. Well, you know, sometimes but you got to fly around the sun with wax wings. Even talking about something like that, bang, he's gone. It sounds just like a Democratic lib, and I'm sorry, but that's how he feels, mm-hmm. and um, he's no different than the rest of them. Mm. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you very much. Yeah, I caught that, too. Politics and Joe don't mix. I try to stay away from it. It's almost impossible. You know, we got, we, we got you know, uh, my, my family's divided on, on something right now. I don't know if it's about politics or whichever, but our parents died. A couple, my mom died a couple of years, two and a half years ago. And one's not talking to the other. And why can't you talk? Blah, blah, blah. And she wrote this and that. And I'm reaching out. And believe it or not, the youngest, uh, the, the guy, the, the prodigal son who left the New York area years ago, uh, is, 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 is actually being sought at, in, in one case at least, for my older sister. Everyone's older than me. My sister says, hey, can you talk to Eileen? She's acting strange. I said, we're all acting strange. No one wants to talk about nothing anymore. And we know why. I know why Joe didn't want to talk about it. I don't know his opinion about Israel and Hamas. It's none of my business. Quite frankly, I don't care. But a lot of people just don't want to go there. And you could see that. I mentioned earlier, and I'm sorry that the, the segment that I played from, uh, geez, that, was, that must have went on for at least a minute and a half. That's bad radio. But I played uh, the segment from uh, the Chambers last night at the county building. That guy was out of hand. There's a better way. There's a better way. But so often, especially in this town, when someone does something a little bit different and brings up a personal issue about her pay scale in front of people on camera, you got to know, you got to have a lot more decorum than that. Look, I'm in sales. I get rejected here, there, everywhere. You know, sometimes you just don't want to do it anymore. But when you're, when you're working for a municipality where everything is just regimented, and you stand there, you say something, but if it's something you don't agree with and you're bothered by it, you don't react that way. Go to the video and you'll know what I'm talking about. Not to sound like Warner Wolf, but go to the videotape. It's on News Junkie as we speak. It's only four minutes long. Thank God I didn't play all of it. That would have been really bad radio. You're on the air. Hey, just so you know, that you could hear the volume. It was way down, but you could hear it. So something just has to be raised on volume. Something, yeah, and I had it, it cranked up. Through. I had it cranked. Something's oh, up. No, it's got to be it, something but else. But it is coming through the radio. But it, you could just barely hear, like, there was something going on, but you couldn't tell what it was. You know? All right. So, so, SG, can I ask a question? Do you, like, absorb yep. the whole show before you call in? Even, even Donnie, who lives 3,000 miles away, knows, still knows that you are the, the chronic last caller 
of this show and the Hotline show. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I got in the habit with, with when I was doing the dog park. I call in early and people, well, both two things. I call in early and people would ask questions and I'd have to call again. So I figured I started calling the end of the show. But also, if I called early, there'd be another subject that I'd rather talk about than the last one. I don't want to call twice. So I call later. I can. All right, all right, all right. I, I can almost understand it. But do you realize yeah. that you, I mean, with you and me, I know you and I, you know, I think we work well together. Other people, like, you know, can't tolerate you. And I'm just telling you that outright. But you do get a sense that Jeff Jeff gets very annoyed by you. Do, do you I mean, I'm just going to say that out loud. I'm, I, he gets annoyed by you when you call in. Do you know that? I, I don't care if you guys are putting information out into the air. I, I count, get a chance to counter it. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. You know. By the way, did you know Ralph Ciarella? Uh, did you ever listen to the Howard Stern show back in the day? No, no, I didn't really care for him. Uh, really? Interesting. Okay, because Ralph Ciarella kind of reminds me of you. He was uh, Howard Stern's uh, hairdresser for many years. Okay. And, and Ralph Sorella. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I know, but whatever. It doesn't matter. All work is good. And he, and, but apparently Howard Stern didn't pay him that well, didn't give him, didn't give him uh, uh, health insurance. I know someone who, who, who uh, uh, was on a plane with Ralph Sorella like 10 years ago. And, uh, but anyway, uh, Ralph Sorella died of, uh, of a rare form of lymphoma, and he died at age 58 years old. So that's very sad. I'm sure Stern Stern made a big uh, a plea, you know uh, uh, said and had a nice eulogy, eulogy for him on the air. More than likely, he will not go to his funeral because of his, you know his he's such a germaphobe and he's too important for that too. But anyway, uh, and well, just, just, yeah. So you know, you, you said the other day you couldn't if you didn't talk all the politics that you couldn't get an audience or whatever. Right. You were better than Howard Stern when you were just trying to entertain and weren't worried about that. You were better than Howard Stern. Wow, well, thank you very much. And, and, yeah. thank, and after that compliment, i got to throw you under the bus because someone just texted this in. Say, t- and I don't know who this is. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't tell you if I did. But it says, the dog park guy calls in late so other callers can't criticize him. Gun nut and others would get under his skin. Is that true? Is, is that the way you, you do it when you call in late? No, so- that had nothing to do with it because, as I say earlier, I just got in the habit early and I like to hear all the uh, things you talk about sometimes, like with your show, you used to go through. Well, you still do, but you know, eight hundred million uh, topics in a in an hour, and you know, mm. you don't want to call several times a day. I mean, once in a while you can, but uh, right, right, let's call more than once a day. So mm. I just start calling late, and that's my habit. So, there you, you know, I, 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 you can call me. You can call the next day, and you know, you can say. Your yeah, because Jason's always the first caller. Paul calls up uh, kind of early sometimes when something is on his mind. The other guy that sounds like Paul that we don't have a moniker for, he'll call up early, but you always call up late. But right now i got another call, so i got to go. I can't tell the difference of those two. I'll tell I, I'm telling you, neither can I. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. All right, thanks. Okay, cool. That's Bye. SG. Bye. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. I just wanted to call. Yeah. Oh, it's our See how your yeah. day went. Yeah. Just so we can get that stupid tech crap off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> We got to give you a name. You're the you're the condescending guy. Can I call you that? I mean, I know you're going to say that's an insult, but you are kind of condescending in a way, aren't you? Oh, never mind. I guess he didn't like that. I'm going to act like that guy at uh, at the county building. This is, I, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to debate you. Now sit down. And Hageman just st- sitting there saying, "Geez, I'm going to retire in 36 months. I don't have to take this anymore." I don't care if he's running the show. Someone should just tell him to pipe down. Calm down. You're making us all look bad. Anyway, check that out when you get a chance. I'm down to my last minute here. I want to thank, of course, uh, Attorney Joe Stanley. 
I want to thank the Academy. All the senators deserve an apology, Senator. We deserve an apology. That's my uh, Tom Hagen. <clears throat> Sorry, from Godfather 2. And uh, tomorrow, the big news tomorrow, and I'll tell you this, we haven't spoken to our Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Uh, and, of course, we've been uh, talking about uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Elise Stefanik uh, in, in today and yesterday for obvious reasons, for her brilliant performance in front of those uh, college presidents. But we'll get to uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney's opinion on that and many other things. That's tomorrow at 525. Right now, AM 1240, WHN, makes this uh, legal. Up next, CBS. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks. It is still unclear what led a shooter to target the University of Nevada, Las Vegas today, injuring at least three 